So now you're sensitive about your Jewish nationality religion. Unbelievable. All right. Well, this is Trucker Paul. I haven't called in in like forever. I've been way too busy to deal with your Christ killing butt. Is that okay? Is it okay I said that? All right. Um, I got to start listening again and calling in. You know I love you, D. You're the best. I'll keep it under three minutes. Lick my balls! Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Sick and wrong. Yes, you're listening to Synchronon. The Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. I am Harrison. Harrison, wasn't your, uh, were you supposed to have a family member here? Yep. Didn't, didn't, he died. Uh, didn't make it. Did Momo get him? Momo. Momo got him. Took his life. God, another Momo world. casualty. Yeah. Well, what's the deal with this? Why is Momo suddenly back in the news? I don't know, but I was just watching a new, like, it was news to me until um, I think you and my fucking cousin sent me the thing about Kim Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, you got to what... watch out for, you know, which is like, I don't know, the equivalent of like, Kendall Jenner being like, you should watch out for this slender man. You know what I mean? Um, but like, this five year old called the police on Momo. <laughs> Just the five year old called 911 on Momo? Yeah. Did he see Momo in one of the videos? He was worried about it because people, you know, there have been warnings on Facebook in the recent days. Um, and uh, I guess he picked up on it and he said, I just closed my eyes and my eyes were thinking that the Momo challenge was right there. <laughs> to, and well, then the police were like, you don't know what words mean, do you? And he's like, no, I'm five. They should have arrested him for wasting uh, valuable resources. I think that kid time. is Momo. That's what I think. Mm, that would be a good twist. So yeah, so Kim Kardashian now here mm. is jumping on the Momo train. A little day late and a dollar short here. Mm. Uh, she's, she's wants YouTube to take action over Momo. And so she posted, beware. This was just sent to me about what's being inserted in YouTube kids videos. Please monitor what your kids are watching. YouTube, please help. Mm. Um, apparently, uh, they're in kids videos are all of a sudden it's kind of making a resurgence. Like Momo's making a resurgence now. These kids videos, there's a little clip that watched the video about four minutes in and then Momo will just appear and be like, hey kids, slice your you, this is how you slice your wrist. This is the face move. Yeah, and I guess it kind of moves in the videos. Oh, I was looking yeah. for it, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, I was. I was trying to find one too. I couldn't find it. Well, YouTube is removing them if if you know God, if it's reported. Damn it! Um, I, I mean, I, it's bad enough that I she didn't return my calls. You know, Kim when I, Kardashian or Momo? Mo, both of them. <laughs> when I tried to get into that, uh, what is it where they, where they live up in? Carnita Falls. Oh, no. And uh, they live in. Uh, or... I think they live in. Um, God, somewhere, somewhere over there by Thousand Oaks. Calabasas. Calabasas, That's yeah. Where they live. I tried to go in there once because I had to serve somebody, but they wouldn't let me in. Were you wearing the Momo mask with the bug eyes? Yeah, I was wearing the, <laughs> the Momo mask, and then I, I, uh, they didn't let me in, so I drove out, and then I put the Moon Man mask on and drove back oh, that in. That worked. No, it didn't. No. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but no, and everybody's all because they're not even. He's not even calling motherfuckers anymore at three no, in the morning. It's, yeah, Mumble's yeah. not calling people. Yeah, it's because now- before it was. If you remember, it was <clears throat> you call Momo at three in the morning, and he and she or he. I don't want to misgender Momo here. Or whatever uh, it is, tells you to kill yourself. Yeah, but to be fair, I feel like most people you call them at three and three in the morning, they'll tell you to kill yourself. You know. Yeah, I, I would know. be like, hey, I'm trying to sleep here. Yeah. Interrupted my wet dreams. Uh, she said, there's a thing called Momo that's instructing kids to kill themselves, turn stoves on while everyone's asleep, and even threatening to kill the children if they tell their parents. It doesn't come on instantly, so it's almost as if it mm. waits for you to leave the room, then comes on mid-show. I think she's thinking of the movie Sinister. I think she's thinking I, of I, Kanye West. <clears throat> right. Are the movie Sinister? is dead. Steve Jobs is dead. Is I'm what, dead. Is that what happens in the movie Sinister? No, that's what Kanye West says oh. all the time. <laughs> Could you imagine? I think kids would be equally frightened if Kanye West came on in the middle of their videos. Yeah. And just started, like, I don't know, ranting about his nonsense that he yeah. typically rants about. Yeah. I'd kill myself if I had to listen to an entire Kanye West song. Um, yeah. I mean, he, he has that kind of like manic episode thing where it's like, you don't know what he's going to do. He, he's going to get upset over something that doesn't make sense to get upset about, you know? Do you think Kanye West is like the Momo for adults? Yeah. He makes me want to kill myself. I think so. I don't know. Just listen to him. Yeah. And he's, um, he's encouraging, um, I don't know, Will Smith's Jaden Smith, you know, <laughs> I don't like it. I know. Well, how come Momo never got Jaden Smith? There's a lot of kids I think Momo should have gotten. I, I mean, I, I think the, the, the takeaway here is that, you know, people should listen to us. That, we, we were, exactly. You know, that we were that was the whole the, point of me bringing this up yeah. is we were so far ahead of the Momo curve. Yeah. When did we talk about that? A year ago? No, but it was, you know, over the summer. A, yeah, it was, it was a while over, ago, though. Over the summer, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, maybe it was over the yeah, summer. Yeah, like but that. anyway, we were, we were mm. warning parents about Momo before Momo was cool. Before yeah. Do you see those memes, John Lennon and Yoko Momo? You should. Going around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of, like, a lot of like fans that. post it. It's good. Yeah. But I'm just saying, yeah. Momo's now kind of cool. Mm. It's in vogue. It's hip. It's like they're making memes about it. But we were talking about Momo way before it was cool. That's right. Yeah. So, parents, you should really have your kids listen to Sick and Wrong. And Momo, please give me a call. You know, I'm willing to let bygones be good bygones. And, you know, I'll, I'll open up a vein right in the garage. I don't care. I saw uh, John Steele made a post about Momo. And someone posted a picture of Momo's face. And Steele was like, wow, that thing's got eyes just like mine. And it's like, if you look at Momo's got those big bug eyes. Mm. Steel's kind of got that. I don't know what's that called, like hypothyroidism or something, where your eyes are just huge? Um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. they do kind of have very similar facial features. They do, yeah. Steel and Momo. Um, and both kind of haunt your dreams, so maybe. <laughs> but you know, I, I was thinking about this. Good segue into our intro topic here. I wonder if the subject of our intro, Charles Albright, would have mm. been into the eyes of Momo. Okay. Because Charles Albright, who's known as the eyeball killer, uh, was a avid taxidermist. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was his whole thing. He's like, he was into taxidermy and he was into the eyes and he used to make birds. And isn't Momo kind of like a bird-like creature? Uh, she is, yes. Yes, I wonder yeah. if... Um, I wonder if he would have been... I wonder if he would be aghast at the appearance of Momo or if he would have been like, not bad with the eyes. Right. Probably could have made this a little bit better, but it's not bad. Anyway, 
Charles Albright. I kind of want to talk to him. I, I recently read about this guy. Have you ever have you heard of him before I mentioned him to you? No. Uh, he was kind of like, if you think about serial killers mm. and the hierarchy of serial killers, yeah, and his body do. count's pretty we low. Think about them. But his body count's pretty low compared mm. to like Ridgeway or you know, Dahmer or some Just of these other guys. Like three. Mm. But what, what, you, what the thing is with, uh, with um, Albright that you have to admire mm. is technique. Okay. Because a lot of serial killers just go out there, mm. you know, kill a hooker, dump her body in a field and move on to the next one right mm. um but then there's some that go like mm. that extra step that extra mile yeah because there are a lot where it's like oh he only killed two people but he dressed like mayor mccheese while he did it and that's why exactly you know, yeah. there's a bit of a so. clever twist mm -hmm. so the thing is with albright who is kind of like you know a nondescript guy seemingly normal man raised in oak cliff texas by overly protective adopted madeline parents. albright's husband right yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Madeline Albright's uh, uh, first husband. Uh, he was charming, underemployed actually, but uh, he would babysit neighborhood kids. No one expected anything mm. until there was a string of murders of sex workers starting around uh, December 1991 in Dallas, Texas. Mm. Um, which also, you know, sex workers have been killed through the beginning of time. I mean, ever right. since the start of the industry, sex workers have been been murdered yeah well, i love that uh that whole wing at the um the natural history museum <laughs> just of all this the prostitute yeah 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 the dead prostitute wing uh -huh. it's great <laughs> all the all those prostitutes that uh teddy roosevelt shot with his uh hunting rifle and then had stuff but i mean if you think about it if you're gonna go kill somebody the prostitutes mm. kind of like the easiest prey yeah they're out by themselves in the middle of the night they'll get in your car mm. you know pretty easy uh easy prey there but they will stab you with a bottle yeah, they're they're, not the most they dangerous will cut game, you, but they the, will cut yeah. you. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the thing, you know, when when these homicides are recurring, there's like 500 homicides happening a year in Dallas, and even more now. Mm. Uh, but nothing. So, like, you know, a few hookers being murdered. Nothing really stood out except all of the women were missing their eyes. Dear God, removed with surgical precision. Mm. This person who removed these women's eyes would have had to be like would have had to have some kind of training in anatomy whether it was a doctor or something, um, you know, he, he had to be taught how to remove the optic nerve and all six major muscles connecting the eye to the socket when, without harming the eyelid. When did this happen again? Uh, early 90s. Oh, so it was before you couldn't... Because now you can just watch like a YouTube tutorial. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, how to remove a hooker's eyeball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's yeah, like yeah. you could just go find that on YouTube yeah. in a second. Or, I, or I'd start watching it and I'd get enraged because there'd be like a a two-minute intro. It's like, hey, guys, how you doing? Today, we're going to talk about how to remove a hooker's eyeball. Dabba, 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 dabba. And, you know, and then I, but I unboxed my cool gaming chair first, and, I, and I, I literally want to burn everything to the ground when that happens. I know. I'm I kinda, trying to you figure know, out how to do something. I, wa I watch a lot of videos because I have my guitar over there that I seldom play, but I've been yeah. trying to learn songs, so right. I'll, like, go and try to find, like, you know, a Johnny Cash song or something. And these guys' tutorials mm. are like six minutes long because mm. the first three minutes, it's they're talking about themselves and when they first heard the song. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, shut the fuck up and just show me where to put my fingers. Yeah, yeah. You dickhead. <laughs> yeah. It's just, um, uh, yeah. Is that your dating move? <laughs> shut the fuck up and tell me where to put, <laughs> put my, my fingers. fingers. <laughs> that's, my, that's my catchphrase. Okay, yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. All right. Um, so Charles Frederick Albright here, a little background. He was born in Amarillo, Texas in 1933, and he was adopted when he was only a few weeks old by Fred and Del Albright. This guy is such a classic serial killer upbringing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, his parents are actually, you know, 
middle class mm. relatively. I think the dad was like a grocer, mother was a school teacher, but they, you know they they had they, they had means. I mean they're they're pretty um, frugal, but I mean mm. they they definitely weren't like impoverished. Mm. Uh, Dell, however, the mother was a strict and smothering mother who sometimes dressed her son in girls' clothing. Mm. That's a there's a there's a red flag. Yeah, fed him goat's milk. And they had their own goats because she didn't think uh, cow's milk was good for children. I don't know. Oh, um, that's not. That's fine. That's fine. You know, tied him to his bed yeah. at, as punishment. Mm. Okay, that's weird. And insisted on chauffeuring him when he yeah. began dating in high school because he, she mm. didn't trust him around alone to be alone with women. That's, that's a little. Some odd. of those things are like way weirder than the others. You know, I, I think kids the, are getting polio right now because they're not getting vaccinated. Goat's milk. Ain't no yeah, thing, that's, right? that's not as bad. But I think it's always like the mother who kind of is the genesis of the, uh, you know, future psychosis. Norman! You know? Norman! <laughs> oh, my God. She is, she, mm. She's definitely Norman Bates' mother. Mm-hmm. So at a young age, Albright started shooting small animals like squirrels and rabbits. And mm. his mother was like, you know, this is a great time to introduce him to the, uh, the, the fascinating world of taxidermy. Mm. So he is 11 years old, and his mother enrolled him in a uh, course where he learned how to pop an eye out of its socket without damaging the surrounding tissues. And uh, she had him take dead birds that he found or, or shot, mm. and she showed him how to use all the tools. The knife used to cut the skull, the spoons to use to scoop out the mm. brains, the scalpel required to cut away the eyes from the sockets, and the forceps that pulled out the eyes. Um, he spent hours doing his taxidermy, stuffing him out of the birds, making them look lifelike. And then he was ready for the crowning touch, the eyes. Mm. And so he used to go to a taxidermy shop and stare at the boxes full of the fake eyes, you know, the, mm. the fake, like, uh, you know, owl eyes, deer oh, sure. eyes. I um, mean, like the iridescent gleam. And he wished he could collect them, mm. like how kids collected marbles. However, yeah. the mother said they're too expensive. So mm. instead of using the taxidermy eyes, like the glass eyes, they had to, they, she made him sew buttons into the eyes of the dead birds. That's weird. That is weird. It's like something like out of that well, Coraline movie. Well, here's the thing. I mean, it's weird, but it's also like, I don't know, nowadays, how many like hip parents in Portland, Oregon are teaching, you know, are sending their ch- children named Finn, probably, <laughs> to taxidermy class. To junior because taxidermy it's hip, class. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and now they take like one, mice and dress them up as like you know yeah, the yeah. golden girls or something. Yeah, ah, yeah, you know? it's kind of funny. Okay, but anyway, mm. he had like in his room, he had a big display case of all his taxidermy birds with their button eyes. Mm. A little creepy, not too bad. Um, <laughs> Albright performed pretty well in school. Mm. Uh, however, he did begin his foray into uh, criminality as a teenager. Mm. I guess he had uh, stolen some things, received some stolen goods, did a little time in jail. <sighs> Uh, then he went to uh, uh, Arkansas State Teachers College where he studied mm. anatomy with the intention of becoming a surgeon. Mm. And it was here that uh, I guess he, um, uh, he, he was interviewed in prison by this guy, a Texas Monthly writer named Skip Hollinsworth, who got a lot of great stories from him. So that's where I got a lot of this information. It's from a, a 1993 article in, in uh, Texas Monthly. Mm. It was an interview that the Skip Hollinsworth did with uh, Charles Albright. Mm. But uh, Albright was telling him about this, this prank that he did when he was in college. And th- this is kind of funny because there's a few incidents in Albright's life that kind of really give you a glimpse into, this guy's a fucking psycho. Okay. And this is one of them. <clears throat> so 
his best friend, he pulled a prank on one of his best friends in that college. His friend named Andrew, they didn't say his last name here. Andrew mm-hmm. had just broken up with one of the most beautiful girls on campus, a woman with almond-shaped eyes. Mm. After the separation, he threw away a bunch of photographs of her uh, in the trash can in his dorm room. Weeks later, Andrew got a new girlfriend, and he had a photo of her mm. that sat on his desk. One night, he was staring at the new girlfriend's picture. He realized something was weird about it. He looked closer, and it seemed that her eyeballs in the photo had been cut out and replaced with the eyeballs of his old girlfriend. So someone had actually taken this photo of this girl, Mm. cut her eyeballs out, and put the eyeballs from a photo of his old girlfriend Mm. on top of them. In disbelief, he looked up at the ceiling, and there staring down at him was another pair of his old girlfriend's eyeballs. And so apparently, the prankster had taken these eyeballs out of the photos in the trash and had blown them up to like larger size and then stuck them all over the dorm room. He even put them in over the urinal in the bathroom. So no matter where his friend went, he was confronted by the sight of his old girlfriend's almond-shaped eyes, which is just weird. And so obviously what happened, you know, the story raced through school and everyone's like, oh, it's that jokester Charlie Albright. Mm. He just went and pulled the photos out of the trash. And he was just holding them for the right moment. That guy is so funny. And when they, I guess, uh, when they asked the students, you know, some of the students that knew him, if, they, if any of them thought that this was weird that he did this, mm-hmm. um, they're just like, no, it's pure Charlie. I mean, he was such a creative guy. <laughs> that clever rogue. <laughs> Very odd, though. Okay. Very odd. So it was during this time, uh, he ended up, like, becoming a teacher for a while, and he had faked all of his credentials. He even lied and said he had a Ph.D., uh, but I guess he was found out and ended up having to leave for being fired. And then uh, after that, he just kind of had a lot of odd jobs in Dallas. And then he inherited a bunch of money from his parents. And so he was married at this time. This is probably like mid-70s. And his wife was a school teacher. So he just kind of did whatever he wanted for a few years. Right. Like uh, he worked as an illustrator for a patent company. He was a carpenter for a while. Um, he tried to start up his own winery. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that was like, you know, that thing like in the 70s where it's like, if you were a white guy that wasn't a felon or like, you know, seriously ment- mentally handicapped in the 70s, they'd be like, here's a house. Yeah. Here's anything you want. You and know, just, and here's a good and job. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, he, I guess he bought a lathe and started making baseball bats. To get the baseball bat. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Something you use to make baseball bats, apparently. Mm, right. um, on a lark, he went to a Mexican border town and became a bullfighter. Man. This guy's like Hemingway. Yeah. But he's a very charming guy. I mean, he was, he was kind of like a Ted Bundy in, in the sense that he was like, you know, for a serial killer, a handsome dude. Right. You know, salt and pepper hair, kind of like, a, you know, good stature. He wasn't like some fat, gross, like disgusting looking truck driver guy like you know, Gary Ridgway or something. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't have like pedo, uh, pedo glasses like you do. You know, he was just kind of like a normal looking guy. Uh-huh. Um, and They're he not had a, pedo glasses. <laughs> he had a Pied Piper like ability to captivate people. In fact, he had a friend who worked at a beauty salon. He went over there and he uh, started talking and said he wanted to become a, a stylist, a hairstylist. He so, also wanted to become the Pied Piper of R&B. He could have done that. Yeah. But R. Kelly already took that title. Mm. So, um, you know what? Come to think of it, R. Kelly's a very charming guy. Right. I bet you he cuts out eyeballs. 
Anyway, he um, went to beauty school for a few months, got his beautician's license. Next thing you know, he got a job at the salon as a hairstylist. Mm. And he, uh, he changed his name to Mr. Charles. That's his Excuse hairstylist me. name. Yeah. What? He went what? from Charles Albright to Mr. Charles. That was his official hairstylist name. And he would spend at least an hour with each woman to get the hair perfect. Okay. And this is another weird story. He didn't legally here. change his name to Mr. Charles. No, it's just kind okay, of weird. Okay, that's what he I thought. Took okay. The, took right. Calling himself there. And this is another weird thing about the guy. So, kind of like the, uh, the, the, the eyeball prank. Here he had a friend who, um, uh, who I guess like it was a stylist friend that he told the stylist friend he was an accomplished artist. And actually, I guess he was self taught. Yeah. But he was a pretty talented painter. Mm. His friend was like, all right, I'll give you 250 bucks to paint a picture of my wife. Mm. It took him months to paint this picture. Okay. And finally, his friend was sick of waiting. He was like, hey, what happened to the, can I, can I see the portrait? I mm. gave you 250 bucks for this. He sees the portrait. Everything was perfect, except she had no eyes. And he said, I haven't gotten around to the eyes yet. And he's like, well, when are you going to do that? And he goes, and he's like, when I'm ready to. He Jesus. said that in a really sinister voice. Yeah. And the guy's like, okay. And so about two years later, he ended up painting the eyes. So it took him like years to fin finish this portrait. Mm. And he painted them several times to get them perfect. And I guess they were perfect. The friend said he couldn't believe how well the painting turned out. I mean, it was a mesmerizing portrait. The eyes were just exactly like his wife's eyes. Mm. So I mean, he's just kind of a weird dude in general. Yes. I mean, and so every now and then, there's just some, like, some weird things that would happen with the guy that kind of gives you a glimpse into... There's something sinister below the surface. Mm. There's something not right about this dude. Um, so in the 80s, he actually pled guilty to sexually molesting a preteen daughter of a family he met through church. There we go. Yeah, so this is where yeah. it's kind of starting. All right. And uh, I think this might be an 80s thing. You know, the church, the girl's parents wanted to keep the matter quiet because they didn't want to stigmatize their daughter. And the church also kind of wanted to take care of it. So, But they still at the same time wanted Charlie to own up to what he did. Mm. So I guess uh, in, a, in a courtroom, because they didn't get much news coverage over there, he ended up confessing to knowingly and intentionally engaging in deviant sexual intercourse with a girl under the age of 14. But he's just given probation. Was, how old was he at the time? 51. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I, maybe Jesus. in the 80s, you'd get probation for something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, now yeah. it's like, it would be, oh my yeah. God, you're a sex offender. You're going to be on the sex offender registry. Mm. We're sending you to prison for the next 15 years. Yeah. You'll probably, probably get your balls crushed by inmates. But back then, it's like, all right, you know, you're going to be on probation. Mm. Now, you know, no raping little girls mm. for the next 10 years. Yes. So he's on probation. And so during this time, uh, you know, this is one of the first times where it's like, people were a little shocked like that guy that the deacon in the church this mm. like you know hairstylist guy the guy that like babysits our kids we can't believe he would do this mm. and uh around this time like late 70s he ended up divorcing his wife <clears throat> his first wife and uh he kind of became a bit of a ladies man mm. yeah he dated a lot of women he um he would give them boxes of candy. I like this one. To one woman he went on a date, he recited from memory all 42 verses of The Eve of St. Agnes by John Keats. Hmm. Now, is that not psychotic? It's pretty crazy. Like, could you imagine sitting there while this guy's just saying every mm -hmm. single verse? I mean, I've John known Keats some song. idiots that like memorized fucking Casey at the bat. You know what I mean? Like, why? I think it's because it's in school or something, you know? <laughs> It says here, women found. What, what's that guy's name? Longfellow. Yeah, uh, Henry Henry Wadsworth, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Longfellow. Yeah. It's a weird thing to do. Yeah, 
Uh, women found Albright virile and sexy. One said he could do 600 push-ups without stopping. Hmm. It's pretty sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he never made a sexual advance towards a woman until she asked him first. Mm. At least that's what he told his friends. Right. So in uh, 1985, he fell in love with uh, Dixie Austin, who was his, his, I guess, common-law wife when he was finally arrested. Um, and it was around this time in the 80s, he started creating another life for himself. Mm. And he masterfully hid this secret from everyone. And that's the one thing with serial killers. A lot of these guys have this, like, closeted life. Yes. You know, this, like, whole... It's almost like an alternate identity, mm. in a sense. And it's usually what they use their man cave for. That's exactly what they, they like do. Like Edmund Kemper, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, this guy, uh, what he did is he... Um, he became, he became a veteran of the red light districts all over Dallas. Mm. To some prostitutes, he was a regular trick. To others, he was a sugar daddy. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm. And I guess uh, Mary Pratt, who was one of the first victims here, she started turning tricks at this uh, hotel called The Stars, like this horror motel they all went to. Okay. And, uh, and uh, Albright was one of her regular tricks. And they called him Old Man Albright. Mm. He was willing to pay a little more than the going rate. Uh, some girls he had a platonic relationship with. He would talk to them, pick them up, take mm. them out for a hamburger. Um, most of them he didn't even attempt sex with. Mm. He just wanted to be friendly with them, sure. which is odd. Uh, but others he did have standing sexual appointments with, usually in the afternoon when his common-law wife, Dixie, was at work. Um, he had sex with Standing that. sex? Well, standing sex appointments. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, not, not literally standing, okay. you know, in that position. Um, I guess he had sex with a married woman who uh, was a, was a, a longtime prostitute there. Mm. And uh, she called Albright Pappy. Uh, apparently, she said he was a sweet gentleman. And if she ever needed extra money, she would call him. He'd drop it off. Mm. But she said by like around 1987, she started kind of distancing herself from Albright because he's becoming more and more aggressive every time they had sex. Hmm. Uh, she said he asked her to beat him, to spank him like a child. Well, Another prostitute, yeah. Edna Russell here, said that uh, her friend, the married prostitute, Susan Peterson, asked her to do a double with her. And so she said she and Peterson went with Albright to a hotel room where he handcuffed both of them to the bed and began slapping them with a belt and an extension cord. Who's All, the other chick in this scenario? It's just another prostitute. Okay. The whole time he was uh, hitting them with the belt and the extension cord, he was screaming, scream, bitches, you know you like it. You know, typical S&M. I mean, don't you do that? Um, not quite. You don't, scream, you don't say, scream, bitches, no. you know you like it. Well... Not that, not those exact words, but you know, it, it varies. You got to tailor your. Well, don't you get swept up into the moment? Yeah, but it's like sometimes, like you know, sometimes somebody wants to be called a bitch. Sometimes it's like if you call somebody a bitch, the whole thing gets shut down. You oh, know, it just ruins it. Yeah, well, they don't like it. Sometimes you don't know. Everybody's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I guess some that's people true. like that word. Some people don't like that word. Um, you I know, think it depends. On some the women want more pain than I'm comfortable giving. You know, so. Mm. Yeah. Um, a couple men here that uh, uh, that Charlie was on a softball team with said that they remarked on a very uh, unusual incident with him, mm -hmm. which is another way where his uh, his mask, his his artifice, slipped once again. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, one day they were after a softball game with the Richardson Greyhounds. They're all just kind of hanging out, having a beer. 
when a car slowly drove by with two women that were prostitutes and one of the women said something like mm. out the window, like, you know, hey, boys or something mm. like that. Uh, the men then joked that the women were probably prostitutes and the team's manager shouted, hey, Charlie, you're single. Why don't you take after them whores? Mm. <laughs> and Charlie said, hell, I'd kill them all if I could. And they're all like, well, that's a weird response. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stunned that their, their mild-mannered friend would say something yeah. like that. <sighs> His face had a dark, scowling look. They were like, hey, what do you mean, man? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got to have whores. It keeps men from chasing married women. You know, they, they do us a favor. And uh, Albright snapped back at them. The hell it does. And he, like, threw his bat on the ground and marched off to his car and left. Oh. And so everyone was kind of shocked because it was the first time they'd ever seen Albright show any kind of anger. This is why you don't bring up politics at softball games. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Same deal, you know? Yeah. He's probably a, uh, he's probably got his make uh, prostitutes great again hat and they just insulted him. Yeah. Um, so when the team assembled again for practice, the manager tried to apologize to uh, Charlie. He's like, hey, we're just shooting the bull, man. Sorry about that. And uh, Albright replied, well, it's a touchy subject with me. My mother was a prostitute. So that's kind of an odd thing because he never even knew his birth mother. Mm. So I don't know if he thought she was a prostitute or what it is, but it's interesting because you think that, that, uh, that, that Albright, who had a very close relationship with his domineering mother, mm -hmm. but at the same time thought his biological mother was a prostitute, so I wonder if he like kind of wrestled with some kind of Madonna whore complex. I mean, yeah. With his all, life. We all do. Yeah, know? but I mean, he was friends with a lot of these mm. prostitutes. Mm. But at the same time, he was whipping others with uh, electrical cords and screaming, you know, take it, bitch. Right. So I wonder if it was just kind of, I don't know. I wonder if that, if that was an issue or that's what led him to commit even more severe crimes. I mean, look, I've been with some women who would, who would like be thrilled if if i could whip them with electrical cord and scream take it bitch you know <laughs> if i just wasn't you know comfortable going there I, probably you know yeah maybe. so it's not you never know man you know i don't know you but but i will say that um you know obviously not all bdsm people are serial killers but an uncomfortable amount of serial, serial killers, killers are have, in the bdsm yeah, yeah yeah like it tends to be a thing that um I mean, even the fucking, think it like it's a stepping Ted stone Bundy thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it tends to be a trigger. It's the gateway. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's usually like there's something in their childhood that, um, can, you know, can, can, what's the word I'm looking for? Consort, can, conflates, that kind of like conflates, conflates into sex it, yeah. with violence. Right. And then the, that when they see that it's some kind of like validation from the world of those, of that, of that, uh, well, that I think conflation. when they see women enjoying it too. Yeah. You know, it's um, like a I don't know about that. I just, well, think that's that, what I wonder. I mean, if it's like they see it's it, the pleasure makes them angry. Or want to I don't hurt think them that more. 1970s BDSM porn had anything to do with women enjoying it. Yeah, you know, yeah, or faking it. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think that was a that was a prerequisite. Um, well, they're saying here that uh, it's possible that uh, that he was unconsciously mm. seeking revenge on the mother figures who disappointed him, right? By associating with these prostitutes. I mean, hey, who isn't? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you could probably relate to that. Um, so around the like around this time when he was already kind of you know becoming mm. like a friend of all the prostitutes. 
Uh, he did something that was kind of odd. He mm-hmm. took a job delivering newspapers in the middle of the night for the Dallas Times Herald. Was it Chris Elliott? <laughs> I know. But, a 50-year-old yeah. man delivering yeah. newspapers in the middle of the night. Isn't that kind of odd? Yeah. And even his, his <sighs> wife, Dixie, was like, that's... It's kind of weird. Why would you do that? Yeah. I'm not going to get a good night's sleep with you gone. But he's like, it's it's totally cool. He's like, I'm going to wake up around you know, 2 a.m. I'll go deliver papers. I'll be back in bed by 6 a.m. And it has nothing to do with getting my revenge. <laughs> and all what? these women who disappointed yeah, yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if you think mm. about it, it's almost like the perfect position to do this. The paper out mm. gave him an excuse to be out at night. He had prostitutes who trusted him enough to go hang out with him. Mm. So he could be like, hey, we're going to go to this special area. Mm. Um, because his parents had died, left him an inheritance. He had like his old, his parents' property. It was like 10 minutes south of, uh, of Dallas where he could go and carry any, you know, murder anyone he wanted to. Because it's like in the middle of the woods how in much, the back of his property. He, how much property did he have? He had two homes. Like one home that he lived in, his childhood home, and then a separate home. How these people get all this shit, man. His parents. Yeah, I was, I was, I was visiting my fucking uh, uncle in Rancho Mirage, right? Do you have a huge home? No, no, he has. He's a nice little house, though, with a nice garden in the back and a pool. But he was. We were going for a walk near where his housing thing is, and it's mostly like a lot of old people that live around there. But he was showing me. You walk down this trail a little bit. And there's behind this fence, there's a golf course, right? And it's Larry Ellison's private golf course. Larry Ellison like found Oracle. the Oracle, yeah, yeah, that he uses twice, maybe twice a year. He plays golf Jesus there. Jesus Christ, he has all this land. Yeah, just... and they're like probably employs fifty people to maintain the golf course. Jesus Christ, he plays golf <laughs> twice a year on this fucking golf course, and it's just sitting there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Communism. It's exactly you know? we should take that land back. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what we should do. And in his bed, I'll up. get out. <laughs> mm. But yeah, so anyway, he's got this property in his father's name, too. So nothing could even be traced back to him. Mm. So, I mean, it's almost perfect that, uh, you know, for him to start murdering. It's like the time is right. Uh, so, yeah, sure enough, uh, I think it was December 1990, uh, December 13th, uh, they found the body of 33-year-old Mary Pratt, um, medical examiners discovered they found her naked body. That was only, um, you know, that was only uh, five months after Gremlins Two came out. I wonder if that inspired him. That's what I'm. Yeah, mm. I don't know. More than a coincidence. <laughs> mm. uh, medical examiners discovered that her eyes had been carefully removed, mm. as if a surgeon or someone with medical training had done it. Mm. Two months later, to the day. Um, in uh, 1990, the body of 27-year-old sex worker Susan Beth Peterson was discovered on the same road. Mm. Um, much like the previous victim, she was found nearly nude and died with a shot to the head. Her eyes had been meticulously removed, establishing a pattern. Okay. So police never released details of the murders, but the can news you, spread. Can, can you call two things a pattern? I don't well, know. I think technically, maybe I don't, not two I, murders, asked, I don't, I but don't eyeballs know. being moved, like okay. you know, with precision, right. Surge, with surgeon-like okay. precision. I would say, okay, maybe it's a pattern. Fair enough. Um, but the news, you know, the news media went into overdrive with this, mm. being like the Dallas Ripper and the Dallas Slasher, <laughs> because I'm asking to sell sell newspaper copies. The Wicked King of Wicker. Um, the killer's third victim was found March 19th, 1991. Okay, this is not 1990. 91 is when this is happening. Mm. So, uh, found in March 1991, uh, her naked body was propped up against a tree just 
right across the street from a grade school. So the next morning when kids are going to school, they found this prostitute with her eyes cut out. Uh, Shirley Williams, 45 years old. She was black, too, which is different than the other two girls. Yeah. I've been Caucasian. Uh, She'd been shot in the head, and the broken blade of an X-Acto knife was found embedded in the skin around her right eye, which is much sloppier than previous murders. And I'd like to say that, um, of course, there's nothing funny about prostitutes being murdered, but there is something funny about children finding their corpses <laughs> to me. I don't know. Well, I you mean, know? finding the dead bodies one thing, but yeah. then being like, Jesus Christ, her eyes are cut out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what I would think about that. <laughs> Man, still not funny. Yeah. But he was sloppy with this one, so I don't know if he was in a hurry. Mm. At this point, if I was a cop, I probably would think it was like a copycat mm. kind of thing because, I mean, the other, the other ones were so clean. Yeah. So anyway... Now there's a lot of pressure on the police to find out who did this. So they started interviewing sex workers about mm. suspicious incidents or violent customers. Um, they found out from one prostitute named Veronica Rodriguez that she had been raped and nearly killed by a white man in South Dallas, very near the Mary Pratt crime scene. Mm. Uh, she fled to the house of a man later identified as Axton Schindler. No relation to Schindler's list. <laughs> Schindler, but uh, yeah. Axton Schindler is a truck driver who lived in this house. Um, and the weird thing about this, too, because there are a lot of tips and clues that probably could have led them to find Albright before they actually did. Mm. Axton Schindler actually lived in the house that was owned by, uh, by Albright's dad. So it was in Albright's, it was, it was in Fred Albright's name. But Axton Schindler registered the house in Charles Albright's name because he wanted to live off the grid. Okay. So he knew he paid rent to Charles Albright. Mm. And so he said Charles Albright was the owner of the home. Mm. But Charles Albright put in his father's name so no one could track it back to him. So he didn't even know that his tenant had registered the house in his name. And I think ultimately that was the downfall. Yeah. Um, So Hmm. what ended up happening, the reason that they ended up catching him, they interviewed another prostitute named Brenda White who said, I just had the Mason man who jumped on me or jumped me bad the other night. She said that a few days before she had a trick in a dark station wagon and she got inside the car. He was a husky looking white man with salt and pepper hair. Do we have a, I think we have a photo of him. We do. Post a photo of that guy. We do. We sure do. Got a couple photos here. I think there are a couple crime scene photos too. Um, But this guy is a husky looking white man with salt and pepper hair, cowboy boots, blue jeans. He said, hey, she said, hey, let's go to a motel. And he said, no, I've got a better spot that we can use. So as a way to protect herself, the um, white here, Brenda White, never allowed a new trick to take her anywhere but, a, but this whore motel called The Star. Okay. So she was like, hey, mm. please drop me off. I'm going to get out of the car. And suddenly a change came over his face. She's like, it was like anger, rage. She started screaming, I hate fucking whores. I'm going to kill all of you motherfucking whores. What, and he was, reached to grab her. Yeah. And she maced him, jumped out of the car. Nice. Yeah. Was his mother really a prostitute? That's what you don't know. They never okay. said if his birth mother was a prostitute yeah. or not. But I guess his, his adoptive mother said that she was. Okay. Yes, yeah, so she probably was. So okay. I think yeah, because like Manson's mother was. Yeah. Uh, I know. mean, there's a chance she might have. She might not have yeah. been. I mean, I guess, like, why else would you hate a prostitute? I mean, I guess for weird religious reasons, but, like, like... 
I don't know. Like, I mean, who gives I, a shit? Why would you hate it? I don't know. Yeah, it's but weird. I think that's what makes sense about the whole Madonna Horp complex. Yeah. It's like, you know, maybe he holds certain women to this level but of uh, of respect. Like certain women are on mm. this type of pedestal and women that don't measure up deserve to be murdered or something. I'm not sure. Maybe like he's trying to get back at the original mother who abandoned him. Yeah. You know? Um, but as you can see, he's not he's not a bad looking guy. This is like a super fucking photo spread picture of him. It's like oh, a mo- it's like yeah. a f- professional model. Well, that was from the magazine when they, uh, yeah. when they interviewed him. And what what am I looking at? An eyeless corpse here? Is that what I'm looking <laughs> yeah, at right now? That was the first victim. Mary okay, Pratt. great. And then there's I think four photos of uh, like a montage of all four victims. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mm. Brenda White maced him. She jumped out. Of the, he jumped out of the car. And so at this point. They had a you know a license plate, they mm. had a name, and so the the cops ended up uh, tracing it back to an address, Schindler's address, Axon Schindler's, ten thirty five El Dorado, and the name Fred Albright popped up mm. as the owner of the property. But they're like, well, that's kind of odd because Albright's deceased, and that was uh, Charles Albright's father. But Axon Schindler had decided not to list his South Dallas address on his driver's license. So what he because he preferred to keep his privacy. So instead, mm. he put. 1035 El Dorado is the address for Charles Albright. And mm. that's how they identified him. Sure enough, they ended up uh, arresting Albright March 22nd, 1991. During a search of his home, they found a stash of X-Acto knives, a copy of Grey's Anatomy, and at least a dozen books on true crime and serial killers. Hmm. So if that's not damning For a evidence, second, I thought you meant, like, I wasn't thinking about time, and I was like... Oh, he had the second season of Grey's Anatomy on DVD. <laughs> That's immediately where my mind went. But so. you know what? The uh, he the... loves Doctor McSteamy or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they ended mm. up not being able to uh, to because most of the evidence was circumstantial that they couldn't actually connect him to all three murders. Mm. They found hair fibers that connected him to some of the murders, but. Uh, mm. It wasn't definitive evidence. So, and they, they ultimately had to, for, to dis, dismiss charges for the Pratt and Peterson murders, mm. but he was found guilty of the murder of Shirley Williams because they actually mm. found hair fibers in the car um, mm. that, that matched her. Okay. And so he is sentenced to life in prison for that. And this and, is like uh, right around the time when they started being able to do hair fibers and shit. Yeah, right? like early, yeah. early 90s mm. here. Um, mm. The murder weapons and the missing eyeballs never located. So, I don't know what he did with the eyeballs. Uh, you could make them in an omelet. You could put them in a nice <laughs> you omelet. You think he ate them? You could uh, feed them to, um, you know, the the jackals of Kilimanjaro. You could do a lot of shit with I them. I think this guy buried him somewhere so he can go back and dig it up and look at jar. him. Jar. Yeah, jar formaldehyde or something. Yeah. He seems like a guy that wanted to keep it as a treasure. Mm. He's incarcerated at John Monford Psychiatric Unit in Lubbock, Texas. Hmm. He maintains his innocence to this day. He might actually be dead by now, I bet. Yeah, I mean, he looked kind of not. Yeah, he's probably older. Super young. Um, when the uh, the reporter asked him uh, about the eyeballs, he's like, "Or who would cut the eyeballs out of woman? Like, who would do that?" He said, "I don't know the purpose behind it, unless that person thought the women wouldn't be able to see without eyes in the next world, which is sort of ignorant." <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, "I've never touched an eyeball." Yeah. He said, "This is what he claimed. He truly thinks." that the boys in the forensics labs cut out those eyes. I think the police said, we need to have some type of mutilation with these victims. And uh, he said that he was set up by this. Jesus. Yeah. And so, so till he died, mm. uh, he maintained his innocence. 
Yeah, fake news. It's a setup. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, I guess he was kind of a popular prisoner. Like, they liked him in prison. He uh, oh, yeah? taught classes in biology. He had a softball team. Did he get breasts and snort cocaine? No, he didn't like, pull uh, the, the Richard Speck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's someone we should probably talk about one of these days. Mm, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's the story of Charles Albright. Mm. Um, not sure whether or not he'd be into Momo, but... Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Momo had some pretty alluring eyes. Oh, yes. Yeah. People's episode six, and tits. 676 here is sick and wrong. Yeah. Momo actually had a great rack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's episode 676 here is sick and wrong. We have new stories coming up next. We have phone calls after that. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a Sick and Wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better Sick and Wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sickandwrong. So the first story we have here uh, is a San Francisco Bay Area story. It's about a man who was found dead um, in the San Francisco Bay. He was hanged, drugged, and stuffed into a suitcase. Oh, my. The weird thing about this story is that my brother was actually pretty good friends with the victim. Oh. And my brother tends to... And he's actually really upset about it because I was thinking mm. maybe I'll get my brother to talk about this guy because mm. my brother knows the victim and we could talk about it on the show. But uh, no, he was not cool with that at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's probably not even cool with us talking about this story. Mm. I didn't think they were that good of friends. But my, my brother tends to know a lot of these like young, I don't know, 23 to 26 year old dudes. It's our duty to report the news. True crime you know, podca- podcast. Yeah, That's yeah. what we do. We you we know. report on true we're crime. The, we're the fourth estate. Yeah, you know. I mean, we we have our duty and obligation. Um, but yeah, my brother hangs out with these guys mm. in their mid twenties. That I don't know, some of them are homeless. Some mm. of them like uh, they they hang out. They they do drugs. They party. Mm. And uh, I think he meets them on like Grinder or wherever. I don't know how he meets them. And so he's friends with these guys. And then all of a sudden they like mm. kind of disappear and they never hears back from him. Mm. Um, I don't know, I imagine some of them end up in suitcases in the bay. Others end up like, who knows, going to prison. I have Sometimes no idea. Sometimes they move back home. You know, I mean, I, this used to happen when I was doing a lot of meth and hanging around with a lot of um, tr- trans folks. You know what I mean? They just uh, what they just end up like being like, I got to get out of this meth lifestyle and move back in with my parents. That happens sometimes, and other times, who knows? Who knows? You know? Well, but that- I can't tell you, these trans men... You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like having sex with Justin Bieber like a with a vagina, with a penis? Justin oh. Bieber with a vagina, Justin Bieber with a, trans a vagina. Men. Oh, it's trans men. men. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little bit different. Yeah. That's interesting. Let me tell you. Yeah. That's weird. Mm. A trans man. Mm-hmm. This was a woman who becomes a man. Yes. Wow. That's, aren't they called like drag kings? Drag people are different than trans trans transgender. Yeah, drag queen is not a transgender. So is this like a woman 
with mm. a or a man mm. with a vagina, but like like Buck Angel, yes. like a Buck Angel type. Yes. Oh, okay. I mean, they're, they're different types. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're like they're like the ones who are like oh, the full on beard and stuff, and then there are the ones who, that basically just like look like, the, you know, they still pretty much just look like a like uh you know one of the villains from Orange Is the New Black or something. Oh, you know? Okay, All right. uh, <laughs> or something. You know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so anyway, my brother has like this this whole group of friends. And I remember for like the, the guy he bought to my sister's wedding was hilarious. This is mm. like four or five years ago. But this guy had to have been like, I don't know, 24. Mm. And mid, midway through the, like it wasn't, she had a small little wedding, you know, the ceremony itself was only maybe 10 minutes. But then mostly it was a party. Midway through it, the guy left. And my brother's like, where the fuck is this guy? Looking around for him everywhere. Turns out he just walked out in the tenderloin and just like met some homeless guys and was just hanging out with them smoking crack. Mm. Just right on the street around the corner from where the wedding was. Mm. And my brother's like, oh, he's like. That was his date to the wedding? Yeah. He brought a um, <laughs> some, street person? I don't know if this guy was a Hobo? street person or mm. he's a transit. I have no mm. idea. But anyway. Point is the point of what I'm mm. trying to say is my brother knows a lot of these guys. If you smoke crack with homeless people. It's a great way to get hepatitis A. I imagine you can get hepatitis A through no, you can't. Know, M. You can't get no. <laughs> you can't get C from that. You can't get C, but you can get A. And then when you get A, you're gonna shit yellow shit. All right. What about what about when you get A, you pass out, and then they sodomize you? Can you get C then? <laughs> yes, you can. All right. So. Sure can. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, this story is uh, an, another young guy that my brother mm. knew. Unfortunately, met a tragic end. Uh, 47-year-old San Francisco man is charged with murder and the kidnapping and torture of a young man whose body was stuffed into a suitcase before being dumped in the San Francisco Bay. Oh, my. Where it was found last week. Uh, Prosecutors described the grisly details of the slaying of 23-year-old George Randall Saldivar um, in uh, San Francisco Superior Court this past Monday. Uh, the 47-year-old man's named Gerald Rowe, and he was arrested Friday and charged with murder with the special circumstances of lying in wait and torture, along with charges of conspiracy, torture, kidnapping, battery with serious bodies, bodily injury, false imprisonment, and possession of a firearm by a felon, and numerous drug offenses. This guy's got like a whole laundry list here. The special circumstances of lying in wait and torture. Yep. Okay. And it's apparently... Uh, mm major charge here yeah. um there's a second suspect also charged with murder her name is angel anderson 36 years old she's been charged with murder torture kidnapping conspiracy battering false imprisonment do you have that picture of the two of them you bet i do take a look at these two yeah uh yeah i would not yeah, want to yeah, get yeah, on yeah. their carnival yeah. ride yeah, yeah, i would yeah. skip it completely dear god look at her what does she have written instead of eyebrows she has is she, something is she a is she trans? No, no, she's a she's a, she's a female. Well, that's no biological good. female person. It looks like a bit. She has her eyebrows shaved, and it looks like a butt instead of her eyebrows. She has a tattoo of Donald Trump's signature. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I don't know, like I don't know what else it could be. You know. Um, um, wait, hold on. Let me. Uh, I got to shrink this for the folks at home, for the kids at home. Yeah, and you can Ooh. see the picture of the guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my God. As soon as I saw that, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, God, yeah. there must be a lot of meth involved. But, you know, nowadays it's fentanyl and meth. They do yeah, them yeah. both. They got to do, yeah, yeah. do them both at the same time. Uh-huh. Um, Angel Anderson, that's her name, 36 years old. Mm. Uh, during the arraignment, she said she wished to represent herself. 
and plead guilty to all charges. He said, I want to plead guilty and move on with my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, where do you think you're moving on to? Like San Quentin? Because I don't want to enter a plea of not guilty because I'm not. Uh, Well, Mm. this... uh, you know, much to the chagrin of her defense attorneys, mm. they ultimately pleaded not guilty to the charges. Oh. So the, the defense attorney's like, no, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. We got to be not yeah. guilty here. Yeah. Um, prosecutors say both Anderson and her co-defendant, Gerald Rowe, killed Saldivar inside a residential hotel room mm. after he was found bound, strangled with a rope, and then drugged inside a room at the Donnelly Hotel on Market Street. Uh, this hotel is like, Deep in the tenderloin. Okay. It's a, you know, tenderloin has a lot of these SROs, you know, those places, those single, single resident, resident occupancies. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you, you get it for, you pay by the week. And, and you a share lot of a them, bathroom with, like, oh, yeah, down, you know, one bathroom down the hall with a bunch of drug addicts. Yeah. You, and you, murderers. You, yeah. You share, you, you share a bathroom with the guy who won't stop talking about, um, how you need eyes in the next life or else you'll be wandering around. <laughs> but this place yeah. was uh, particularly gnarly, the Donnelly Hotel. I've walked by, mm. by it many times. I don't think if somebody's like, hey, I'm having a party in my room up there. You want to come? I probably would avoid that yeah, one. Yeah, I know. But then again, I'm also not like a 25-year-old drug addict. Mm. Um, so according to the court documents, Roe and Anderson... The, the pictured in that picture we just we just showed you mm. engaged in consensual sex with Saldivar the day of the murder. I'm not sure how they met him. Mm. I'm assuming you probably could just been on Grinder and been like, "Hey, come over. Mm. We have uh, we have party supplies. Mm. Like, let's hang out." Uh, afterward, Anderson, the female, party favors, party and play. Yep. Get some GHB in there. Of course, you know, all of it. Um, Anderson, the female, tied Saldivar's hands to a chair. Uh, Roe then helped Anderson tie a rope around Saldivar's neck, which was suspended to a stationary object. Mm. And then Anderson placed a bag over Saldivar's head. So this kid was, or he's not even kid, he's a man, but this man was put in the chair. He was I'm tied up. I'm masked right now, by the way. <laughs> I was just about to say, is this in line with your typical lesson in fantasy? No, but it's, it's, it's enough to at least, you know. Well, this is what I'm wondering about. Like, where is this okay mm. they just had sex mm. consensual sex and is this like part sex part two like a continuation or is or is this like now we're gonna kill him oh it's a good question because so that's the, what i understand like is this like are they acting out their snm fantasy here and continuing with the sexual activity or is this where now let's put a bag over his head and hang him uh, my guess is that it, it probably is part of the thing, or at least he thought it was. Well, because you know? he wasn't like uh, yeah. resisting. Yeah. Um, they then uh, Anderson then injected fentanyl into Salvador's Saldivar's arm. Okay. So they tied him to the chair, put the bag over his That's head, put the noose around his neck, and then they inject him with fentanyl. That's pretty thoughtful. Afterward, they used the rope mm. to lift the victim, suspend him, mm. while they both pulled and tugged on the rope numerous times. Okay. Then, then, and uh, I guess they, I, I guess he must have been tied to the chair, and they like lifted him up the chair. I'm not quite sure what they tied the rope to. Yeah, it seems like they should have a pulley. At least yeah, or something. or something. I don't know how you're Some, doing that. I'm not My quite God. sure in this residential mm-hmm. hotel room. Right. Uh, they then lowered him, and this is what's odd to me. They lowered him down, placed him on the room's bed, removed the bag from his head, and tried slapping his face. Were they trying to resuscitate him? What? Okay. So that's the weird thing, but apparently he was already uh, uh, dead at that point. 
Oh, maybe it was something like, oh, if we slap him, it'll make it look like he died or you know, or something. Like a know? sex game gone awry or something? Or it does, you know, I don't know. Maybe like something about... I mean, Actually, my, they don't seem like the type that know a lot about like CSI. I, who knows? I mean, right? my I'm brother thinks that they're just straight up torturing this guy to death. Mm. And they're just like, you know, Manson family, you know, crazy murderers or something. Yeah, I mean, generally, if you like... You know, like I've Helter heard of Skelter and his blood across a wall. I've heard of, you know, I, I, I've never done it, but I, you know, I've seen it in porn where it's like BDSM scenes where like the person's tied up and then there's like a noose that keeps them like on their tippy toes, you know, but, but is it tight around their neck or yeah, is yeah, it like, around the neck? Yeah. Um, is, you know, seems it like an accident waiting tippy. to happen. A happy little accident. <laughs> That's a baby. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, um, I, I've seen this in, in movies or in movies and, you know, porn, um, but, but I mean, no, no, but in no circumstance are they ever lifting somebody up by their neck the ground on by a their chair. Neck. No, it, that is not a sexual thing that it's like a, well, that's die. the thing with me. If I was their defense attorneys, I would mm. say it was a sex game gone awry right. and try to get mm. like, I don't know, manslaughter or second degree, mm. but I know. Mr. Scheister over here. Look well, at I'm just yeah. saying that's the that's yeah. the strategy I would take. Yeah. But I'm I'm not quite sure what happened here. Yeah. I'm not sure. It, it sounds to me that maybe they did like mm. we're gonna murder this guy, and this is how we're gonna do it. But then you think mm. why waste the drugs? No. Um. Well, apparently he was dead on the bed. So then they grab the suitcase and they place Saldivar inside. So he must have been a smaller guy. Mm. They then wrap the suitcase in plastic to seal it. And then they just left it in the room for a few days. They took so, it with them? No, it was just left in the room. At some point, prosecutors... People have no follow-through, you know? <laughs> well, they say at some point, Roe ate food and played guitar over the suitcase, which Jesus I don't Christ. quite understand. That reminds me of... Uh, you ever see the Hitchcock movie, Rope? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. It's a good movie. Mm, where they, yeah. uh, it is actually based on a murder where these two guys thinking they're like the Ubermensch yeah. end up killing this one dude... Putting him into mm. a uh, like, uh, putting him into like a like a linen cabinet thing, sure. like a, and uh, they and then they served dinner on top of it to his parents and to his girlfriend. Oh, and they ate over his corpse. Yeah, to see if they could pull it off. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, I just I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Mm. Very disturbing. But mm. I don't understand. This guy's like. Eating food on top of it, like eating some Indian food on top of the fucking suitcase of the body and then playing what, some Bob Seger? <laughs> like, what is he doing? I don't, I don't, know, I don't know why. Um, much of the ordeal, including the murder, was captured on video, by the way, which investigators happened to recover. What was captured on video? The murder oh. and, uh, and the, the concert on mm. top of the dead body. Yeah. Also the, captured on oh, video. Oh, the night moves? Yeah, night moves. Yeah. <laughs> And so then on February 5th, mm. around 2.30 a.m., Rowan Anderson decided to dispose of the corpse. They rolled the suitcase out of the room. They mm. walked down Market Street mm. all the way to Embarcadero and Howard, which is pretty far. Mm. And that's a good 20-minute walk of them just pulling the suitcase of the body. Mm. They then hurled the suitcase containing the body into the bay, mm. into the San Francisco Bay. They also took off some items of clothing and threw them into the water as well. Okay. Um, not quite sure what they thought was going to happen here. Mm. Like, did they think, I don't know, he's going to be swept off into the ocean? Is that what they thought? Yeah, probably. 
it's not going to happen in no. the bay. Yeah. So instead, mm. you know, the body floated around for maybe about a week, and then someone's like, oh, hey, there's a, there's a dead body in so the suitcase. So a suitcase in that situation will float a suitcase with a body in it? Apparently, they didn't weight yeah. it down. Yeah, they could have just gotten some, like, free weights or something, thrown them in there, you know? And just put it at the bottom of the bay with all yeah, the other corpses. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why they didn't do that. Mm. I just don't, I think their corpse disposal technique is very flawed. Mm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the body was found. Um, somehow they detained Anderson in Sacramento, and uh, she confessed the murder and then tried to exculpate <clears throat> Roe. But after that interview, they, uh, in, uh, investigators in San Francisco went to Market Street Hotel Room where they found Roe um, and arrested him, and they're both being held without bail. So he was still at the same hotel. Same hotel. Mm. I'm in the same room. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it is, I, I understand my brother's upset about it, and it does kind of suck because he knew the guy personally. But it sounds to me that this What's this the guy's kid, name? Does it say anything? Yeah, uh, mm. Saldivar was Saldivar, his first name. that's right. Yeah, yeah George. Yeah. Yep. And my brother knew George personally. He said he was a really good guy, mm. trouble guy, had a lot of issues growing mm. up. But it sounds like, you know, you got to be careful these days. Mm. It's like, you know, if you're up in the middle of the night, someone's on Grinder like at 2 a.m. being like, hey, come to my hotel room. I have party favors. It's a good chance you're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. You know? And unfortunately, that's what happens. Right. I so think most of the here. time you'll just end up at somebody like your brother's house. You know? Possibly. Most but I mean, time. this guy, you know, this guy's the same age as my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy apartment, the tenderloin. I think yeah. I tend to avoid all that. Yeah. But hey, you know, maybe that's what Maybe that's what you're into. So, anyway. All right. What do you have here for the second story? Well, what did I do? Toddlers didn't know their names when Dallas police found them with starving puppy in a filthy home. Is that Frank Sinatra's song? Yeah. Oh, I love that That's one. why the starving puppy, hey, um... A 31-year-old man uh, faces a criminal charges after police found his four sons, who are all five or younger, and appeared to have limited contact with the outside world, living in squalid conditions at his South Dallas apartment. Wow. Yeah, yeah feral children. I do love stories about feral children. Oh, everybody does, you know? You, you don't know, hear about them that happening that Casper often. Hauser and, oh, you know? Yeah. God. Every night, like the only time you really hear about it is like either like weird Culkin. meth parents or um, you know weird homeschooled like fundamentalist yeah, crazy Mormon religious people. But you, in first world countries, that's only, the only time you hear about feral children in that mm. in that in that respect. But in like I don't know, like in uh, like the Russia, the you know areas of Russia. And uh, and in South America, you hear about this all the time, mm. where these kids just kind of grow up in a shed in the jungle. Right, it's, then, like the, it's yeah. like the Jungle Book. Yeah, it's the it's Jungle like, Book. It is the Jungle. This is yeah. this is a ghetto version of the Jungle Book. Yeah. Same thing, though. It's like Tailspin. <laughs> Tailspin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Robert Preston was booked into uh, Dallas County Jail for counts of abandoning and endangering a child. With the intent to return. With the intent to return, I, don't I understand. I guess it's like more serious if you abandon and endanger a child without the intent to return. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. There's something, you know. Where's the mom? Um, good question. Oh. You know? Yeah. 
police were called to uh, uh, the apartments in question um, around 6.30 p.m. after a resident reported finding a young child running around in a road at the complex. Uh, the three-year-old boy was wearing a TV, a TV, a T-shirt and shivering. <laughs> He's wearing a giant TV, like a barrel, like in the it was old. It's like one of know. the guys from the residence or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a T-shirt and shivering. Uh, the temperature at the time was around 40 degrees. Wait, yeah. so this, this kid just had, he was Donald ducking in the middle of the street. Yeah. And 40 he, degrees and outside. And he only had one shoe also. Oh, man. Um... Uh, and there was was there a woman oh yeah the woman found as officers were talking to the woman Preston walked up to them and asked whether they had found this child okay. hey you guys uh, see my child around here somewhere he's got my shoe he's where he's got my, it's my shoe that's Trying my to find shoe. my babies mm. <laughs> so wait mm. did the neighbor see the kid called the police the police come in did a welfare mm. check yeah and then Preston kind of walked up like oh great you found him yeah 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 uh, he courtyard. forgot to wear pants where'd you put your pants come on boy uh, yeah <laughs> um police determined that there was an active parole violation warrant out for Preston and That's arrested a him surprise. yeah um after officers put him in a squad car he said someone needed to check on his other children and they're like oh good God, man. Uh, <laughs> How many do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, until that point, the officers assumed the boy with the neighbor was Preston's only child. Preston told police uh, he'd gone to the store for 10 or 15 minutes and had left the oven on to cook dinner for the children. Mm, what was he cooking? Um, I think he was cooking um, their hopeful deaths. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't want you boys fiddling with this oven. It's going to smell funny. Just leave it on. Um, yeah, so uh, the door to Preston's apartment was unlocked, police said, and his three other sons, a two-year-old, five-year-old, and the three-year-old's twin brother, were sitting on the filthy floor. Uh, there was no furniture, no table, or anywhere to eat other than the floor and a number of open bottles of alcohol were on the floor. The entire home reeked of feces. Wow, so those kids are incontinent alcoholics. Yes, they are. Man. It's shameful, really. Yeah. Um, the oven was indeed on, and it appeared that some food had been left down so the children could reach it. <laughs> what do you inside the oven? <laughs> what do you have, like a bowl on the ground and you just put whatever... <laughs> Yeah, no, like in, in the there. oven. Like, oh, oh when it's ready, you kids just you get, just, go. just go on and just go right on in the oven there. You know, <laughs> just go grab and just whatever you need. Yeah, Remember, yeah. use the oven mitts. How old were these kids? There's a whole system. Uh, five, two, and three. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, what, how many? This guy must. I wonder if they're all from multiple mothers. It's a good question. Because he just had a lot of kids in like mm. a short amount of time. Yeah, he did. Wow. Oh. Um. He was really serious and pussy. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, this guy. Five years ago. Um, Potent sperm. Yep. Uh, well, that's isn't that how it goes? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is how, yeah. um, how it works. A out. red bucket next to the counter seemed to function as a step stool so the boys could reach cereal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did they have milk? I, I'm sure they didn't have milk that was still good and you'll 
as I go on, you'll do, do these, un- come to understand this. So, okay, there's no furniture in the yeah. home. It smells like feces. Mm. Uh, they have a red bucket that they use to get their cereal. What do they do in there? Uh, is there a TV? I'm not assuming there's an... Yeah, no, I doubt there's an Xbox. Yeah, it doesn't say... You'd think there'd at least be a TV or something. You something. Know? I mean, I wonder if these even that, four kids even that do. that kid from that Breaking Bad episode had yeah. on TV, you know? Um, uh, police uh, didn't see any clean dishes or silverware. And when an officer asked the children where their cups were, one of the boys went to another room and came back with a Sunny D bottle with crusty remains of chocolate milk in it. Well, we all had one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ugh. Uh, Officers also noted that the kitchen sink was nearly overflowing with stagnant, opaque water that had food floating in it and smelled like a dead animal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I imagine this guy, when he uh, ended up knocking up all these women mm-hmm. to, to make these babies, did yeah. it at their home and not at his. <laughs> because I don't know how many women, after coming into this mon- this monstrosity, yeah. <laughs> would have been like, sweet, let's have sex and make more you know these what? feral kids. You'd be surprised, D, let me tell you. Yeah, I yeah. guess I haven't been to your house. It sounds a lot like your house, so. Oh, come on. <laughs> house is not this bad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I've only got two kids there. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Both feral. Yeah. Um, in <laughs> yeah, okay. There's a lot uh, more dried blood it, on the walls at Harrison's house. <laughs> the uh, toilets in both bathrooms did not look like they'd been flushed in weeks despite the apartment having working water. See, I'm amazed at the working water. Yeah, that's kind of amazing, yeah. Um, In one feces-laden closet, (laughs) let's just just take a a beat there. Because when you start a sentence like that, it implies that there are several feces-laden closets. So it makes me think that uh, the toilets stopped working, so they just started shitting in the closets. Yes. All right, well, that makes sense. The Mm -hmm. water closet. Yeah. Um, In one feces-laden closet, uh, an officer found a malnourished puppy that didn't have access to food or water. The children reacted to the dog as if they'd never seen it before, screaming and running around. God, these wild, feral kids. Yeah. Do you think... It was a pets or meat situation. Like, do you think they just thought, oh, yeah, that's we're planning to eat this and put it in the oven? Oh, you think that their they're screaming and running around was actually like, yeah, hot diggity dog, we're eating tonight. Woo, they woo, actually woo, get to have woo. hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the hot yeah. dog, not hot dogs. For some reason, I, I pictured it as like um, black teenagers reacting to a magic trick. <laughs> that's how I imagined the, the malnourished puppy uh, like the cops just made one appear yeah yeah and then and then they're they like, just oh, and then shit. they're like running, you know like no, kind of thing no I think they were like we're gonna actually have real dinner tonight yeah yeah I guess it's probably I mean hell even on Honey Boo Boo they roadkill you know did they yeah they had a they had actually had a hot not a hotline but they had like somebody would call them and be like there's a real nice possum out on route 18 <laughs> and they go out there and then they scoop it up and see if it was uh you know uh cookable eatable you know whatever happened to that family one of them one of the like the mama june the the giant uh did she ob- fuse with her couch obese monstrosity yes yeah, she did okay. uh but also it was like her boyfriend was a pedo 
Oh, he was a pedo. The yeah. boy, the boyfriend, the Mama June's boyfriend was oh. a pedo. Oh, did he molest the little honey boo boo? I don't know. Oh man, it's unclear. God. But um, Mama June was like, "Oh, I didn't know. I bark up with him." Rah, rah, rah. But they need some of that stick yeah, of yeah. butter. <laughs> they also make skitty. Skitty. We yeah. make skitty. Uh, and uh, just butter and noodles. It's uh, noodles and ketchup. Oh, noodles and ketchup. Yeah, right. noodles and ketchup. Um, but uh, and then she got back together with him. The pedophile. Yeah, yeah, Did he yeah. go to prison? I forget. I don't know. But she got back together with him, and then at that point, she was uh, hashtag canceled. Apparently, oh, and so now, but I mean, so now I wonder if they're gonna do like a let's find out what happened to her. I bet you she mm. ate that child. <laughs> yeah, she no. She, I think she runs like a um, some kind of weird palace. Um, with uh, all sorts of uh, bounty hunters and crazy characters that uh, like dog the bounty hunter, more like Jabba the Hutt. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah. like Boba Fett. Yeah, you know what I think? The actually, Jabba Wonka. Realistically, what I think happened mm. is uh, Honey Boo Boo is now a grotesque-looking preteen. Mm. She's no longer cute and fat and funny. Right. So now it's like the networks are like. Yeah, we don't want to like bum people out by airing this show anymore. According to Burger, he he molested the older daughter. Man, not surprised. Yeah, I mean, I remember I, I remember I was watching that show once, and um, I think I've only seen clips of it or whatever. But there was one of them had a fucking baby, a new baby, and it had like um, either a, I think it had an extra toe or an extra finger or something, and they were feeding it Mountain Dew. Like oh, with God. like out of, like like how you'd nurse a baby, but with Mountain <laughs> like Dew, with like <laughs> like in a bottle with a nipple. Yeah, it was just like yeah. Oh man, yeah, it's disturbing. Um, uh, bidi boop bop boop. Where was I it's here? A dog. They found the feces dog and they were closet. screaming. Right. Yeah, in the yeah. feces closet. Now, which feces laden closet were we on? <laughs> Behind um, door number yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, puppy. The officers observing the boys playing together wrote that their language patterns seemed off because apparently these street cops are fucking anthropologists now. (laughs) Um, And that they primarily communicated with one another with gestures, body language, and screams. They're like cats (laughs) with blinks and fucking, you know. So I'm assuming these kids weren't enrolled in like a preschool of any kind. Yeah, they were going to a Montessori school. <laughs> Montessori school. <laughs> but I, I find it fascinating yeah. that you can like, that humans, yeah. when left with with no outside instruction, will still develop the means to communicate. Oh, sure, yeah. Whether it be with like coos and howls and yeah. gestures. Yeah. I, mean, I wish there was a recording. Yeah. I don't know. Well, here's, here's a real kicker here. Um, they called one another Robert and did not know their own names. So they're all they're Robert. They're all Robert. Because <laughs> the only name so they, they know could is their say father. Robert. Robert, yeah. So that, that's the one word that they knew was Robert and then yeah. they would just scream and gesture. Robert, go climb into the oven. Okay, Robert. You know? You know, I can see them being trap musicians later in life yeah. <laughs> because they got the vocabulary down yeah you know i could i mean they just need to make beats i mean i don't know if i was like an executive at a network i'd fucking jump on this shit right now <laughs> you know 
Because <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is a they great... don't have to live in feces. They're already like probably pretty interesting. You know what I mean? You could have them in a nicer place and you're getting all sorts of fucking mischief. Yeah, but I don't want them to know? learn language. I want mm. I want all the Roberts just yeah. to still <laughs> know the word Robert. It could be like a little rascals, you know, situation. You know, I guess I could see that. You know, mm. maybe you should have like monitors in there like showing i don't know like uh it's a small wonder all the time and that's the only language that they learn <laughs> yes <laughs> or like different strokes episodes or something yeah. that's all that's all they know about the outside world the eurythmics music videos yeah. <laughs> Sanford and son yeah that would be an interesting experiment that would be if you showed them just non-stop 24 mm. 7 Sanford and son I wonder if they, if their language would only be like what you know. It's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> Those are the gestures. You dummy. Um, the children do not appear to have been socialized in a normal manner, and it appears they have had limited contact with anyone outside of their immediate family. Or anyone not named Robert? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Preston, however, <laughs> acted as though the situation were normal. <laughs> what? It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> I would have loved to see him try to play this off. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you talking about? Yeah. Nah, they got a bucket. They can yeah, get their yeah. cereal. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's what the bucket's for, that, what, man. What do you think the bucket was That's for? That's what the bucket's for. Oh, yeah. The uh, toilet's clogged up. That's why they shit in the closet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird. I don't see anything weird. Mm. Hey, Robert, come over here. Mm. I met you, Robert number two. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as feces laden. <laughs> Couple pieces of yeah, shit in this closet. Feces sprinkled at best. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're in the child protective services. The puppy was seized by Dallas Animal Services. Um, apparently, Preston pleaded guilty in 2016 to robbing a man at gunpoint. Hmm. He was sentenced to five years of probation. Jesus Christ, man. You get five years for robbing a guy at gunpoint? He must have, like, just, like, really just fell into the, like, white... Oh, wait. Is he... He's a black guy. He's a black guy. How the fuck did he pull that out? A Texas? I don't know, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, most states, if you, like... Even if it's your first offense, if you commit a crime with a gun... You're doing at least three years. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I don't know how the yeah. fuck he pulled that off. Maybe he was like, I gotta take care of the Roberts. Jesus Christ. I mean, he's got like five kids. Yeah, that is some sympathy, yeah. You get the wow. little rascals and their puppy that they're afraid of. Do you, you know? think these kids are now in uh, protective services? Do you think if you have to adopt them, you have to adopt all of them? Um, No. That's no. usually not how it works. So you they yeah. one of them. They do do that with uh, foster children. I, I would full on Umbrella Academy these ones. Yeah, I would yeah. adopt all of them yeah. and then try to nurture their talents, their gifts, yeah. and yeah. then we could start fighting crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would never change their name. It's yeah, like yeah, Robert, yeah. Robert, Robert, yeah. and Robert. Right. Now go shit in the closet. Mm. <laughs> That's a disturbing story. It is really weird. Yeah, but I, I mean, there's a lot of potential, man. That you know, there's this, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like gold. I you do know? love the feral children. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, it's episode six seventy six here. Sick and wrong. Send your stories. Sick and wrong podcast at uh, gmail dot com. Uh, we got some phone calls to get to. Three two three five two two four zero three two is that number. 
Uh, before we get to that, though, here's a word from Adam and Eve. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. Got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Uh, remember, if you call the Sick and Wrong Hotline, you're going to keep it under three minutes. Um, yeah, some good ones this week. Uh, this first one is a very meaningful message from a Scottish gentleman. Oh, nice. And I'd uh, appreciate if you could translate it for me. All right. You're pretty good with the Scottish language. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been dealing with it lately. Yeah. That's right. But you shite whore, cunt. You golden girlfriends, man. I was listening to your last fucking episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what was he saying there? Um, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought he was talking about Wuthering Heights. Uh, yeah, he was talking mm-hmm. about... Uh, His favorite Jane Eyre classic. Yeah. Wuthering- or is that Emily Bronte? He was talking about the film yeah. adaptation of Wuthering Heights from, uh, I think it was oh. like 1942. Yeah. Um, so is he more of a fan of Emily Bronte or Charlotte Bronte, the Bronte sisters? Um, Emily. Oh, okay. He's an Emily man. And, you know, he really was kind of making an interesting point about neo-realist cinema. Oh, um, okay. I didn't. I didn't catch that. But maybe yeah. I need to listen a little more. And the, the kind of the page it took from uh, the Wuthering Heights. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. One, two, three, something or other. You were talking about blue fucking velvet the movie, and it was dead. Man, it's fucking shite. It's shite. Fuck it. All right, blue velvet. Mm. He's talking about the David Lynch movie, Blue Velvet. There. Is he? That's what he said. Blue Velvet, the movie. Oh. And then I, now I'm kind of confused. Was he saying that that movie's shit? Something about shite. He's, everything is shit, I think. Because that um, movie certainly is not shit. Mm. I think Blue Velvet's one of my I thought he was films. For, for, I thought he was... I, I, that part I totally missed. I thought he was talking about like the diaspora of voices in the uh, African-American community during, during the Harlem Renaissance. I, oh. Yeah. You think he was talking about Langston Hughes? I think so, yeah. Oh, possibly. Yeah. All right, maybe. Mm. Well, I fucking watched that. Fuck me, man. I've seen Dutchcoff on my ass that could make fucking better films than that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's got something in his ass if he can make... He said he's, there's something in his ass that can make better poems than that. Did he say oh, poems? Oh, poems. You're right. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what Scottish men shove up their asses yeah. these days. I used to know. I used to be a little more on mm. top of that, but not anymore. Is that part of Robert Burns' method? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Mm. I think that's what the whole movie Braveheart's about. Yeah. He well, sounds like a, like the boy of a, like a monster from the Muppet Show or something. You know, he, he does kind of yeah, yeah, like this yeah. like creature mm, you'd mm. see in like fucking <laughs> in the bog and Never Ending Story. Yeah, that ate the horse. Mm. <laughs> You fucking greedy bastards! Thanks for sure. See you there. Okay. What did he say? I, thanks for show stealing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. there you go. Very meaningful message from mm, a Scotsman. That's good. And I don't think he was even intoxicated. That's how Scottish people talk all the time. Yeah. That's like a typical tone. I think he just probably got up and just had his first cup of tea. Well, it's you know, it's not often you get a you get a message like that. I mean, I I'm gonna every morning from now on, like when I look in the mirror, I'm gonna kind of just think about play, it, and play just some of that, say yeah. it to myself, you know. Yeah. So. It's a very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Scottish man, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, next call we have here. This is an interesting one. This is from a former listener who mm. used to be an avid listener, like seven or eight years ago, mm. and then recently came back to the show. I don't know what brought her back. Okay. Something brought her back, but she's back on the show. And now she's kind of weighing in on, mm. I don't know, like what it means for her now. Okay. Hey, second wrong. Um, this is kind of a weird message, I guess. I have not listened to your podcast in forever, I'll be honest. But I used to listen like seven years ago. What I want to know is what made you turn away from us? Mm. What made you leave us? Apostate! Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, fuck. <laughs> Such a long time. And I called the hotline seven years ago. Um, I used to listen back then, but I just wanted to say big ups because I think it's really cool that you guys are still on the air, even though my book. To find the air. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what, you mean the small group of people that yeah. still listen to the show? The small group of psychotic in- individuals call themselves fans? <laughs> I can't tell if her voice is really sexy or I just haven't had sex in four months. Eh, probably a little bit of okay. both. Okay, all right. Loved, Lance Wackerly is no longer a part of the program. No, he left. Here. Um, and then I, I heard a couple episodes Harrison was involved. He was in rehab, out of rehab. I don't know what's going on right now. I wish you the best. Out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah. I hear the hoochies a screaming. Thank you. <laughs> He's in the rehab of his mind. Harrison, mm. um, I also thought you... You're a great villain. If anybody had to fill in for Lance, uh, yeah, I would have picked you. Hmm. Um, I just kind of wanted. To... I don't know what the other who the other candidates would be, but you know, got it out. Maybe Bob Madigan. That guy yeah. was great. They're Bob Madigan and Wackley were in the same intellectual level. Mm. To call and say congratulations on so many years of being dedicated to something because. Uh, yeah, stop rubbing it in, okay? This, is, this lady appreciates your, your thing, you know? I think this is like pouring yeah. salt on the wound, okay? Yeah. 
and if anybody's interested um, in hearing my call from way back in the archives, I don't know. I think it's like a paid thing now that you have to go back and pay for these, but there's about... <laughs> Fucking yeah, Shylock do, okay? over here, yeah. <laughs> Can't get everything. Yeah. Everything in life isn't free, yeah. all right? The first date where the guy shit himself. <laughs> My dating life has not gotten better since then, sadly. <laughs> However. That's a first I, date. That, that is. Mm. Yeah, I vaguely that recall this. First date. I vaguely recall mm. this message. Like She called and said yeah. that. Should she go out with him again, or should mm. she overlook it because it's like a you know a first date mishap? Mm. And I can't remember what it is that we said. Mm. But yeah, that's a pretty major snafu on a first date. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Right. At that point, you guys gave me some advice. It was a my two cents question. The advice failed miserably, and hence. Here I am calling you seven years later. So, if anybody has the idea in their mind that they're going to call the hotline and ask for advice, that's probably not going to work. Save your money. Go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, on the real, I think it's awesome that you've remained dedicated to this endeavor. And... I'm um, not sure if you still have the cats. There's two cats that you would like put lotion on. And, like I don't know what else you did with them, but I hope they're okay. I know you had one. I think you got another. You're, uh, who knows <laughs> at this point? But uh, I'm going to start listening again. And maybe I'll call back and let you know what's going on um, in the future with me. So, yeah, go back like seven. Yeah, I'm actually very interested in finding out what happened to the guy that shit himself on their first date. I also want to know what advice did we give you about that? Yeah. But she, she brings up a very good point. If you seriously want advice or help from someone, this is the last place you should go. Right. Like you first should go maybe to your parents, maybe to a sibling, or a therapist is a great idea. A therapist is someone who could actually help you. I don't know. I mean, I can't run my own life worth a half damn, but uh, I give very good advice to people. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know the right move for everybody else except me. Yeah, you I'm know? sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey, we can give you advice based on our own life experience. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. own twisted, sordid yeah. backgrounds. Mm -hmm. However, if you want to get fruitful yeah. advice, something yeah. that actually is going to probably you know, give a meaningful input to your life, you probably want to pay for it. The yeah. therapist, but I mean, if you do need some insight on the you know intricacies of of having sex with clowns, we both have some. Yeah, you know, yeah, we can we can, we can help you in that yeah, yeah. in that respect. So, yeah, uh, she calls back with a part two. Okay. It's Valium, and I got cut off because I'm. Her name is Valium. <laughs> I thought it was like Salome. I thought okay. she said Salome. I know Valium. Yeah, we're yes. gonna call her Valium. Valium. Okay. It was it's Valium again. Mm. Someone did didn't realize uh, I apparently can't drink Bud Light and not talk quite so much. Anyway, I was thinking Bud Lights about Bob, uh, wondering how he's doing. And how who's doing? Wait, can you remind that? What'd yeah. you say? 
wondering how he's doing. Wait, sorry. And we're thinking about Trucker Bob. Trucker uh, Bob. Oh, Trucker I, she probably Paul. She Paul. She's yeah. either, wait, she's either confusing it with Trucker Paul mm. or Bob Madigan. Because both those guys oh. were two characters from before. Uh, Trucker Paul. Yeah. Or she could be from a Mandela Effect alternate earth. Of Trucker Bob, yeah. The same people. Well, Bob Madigan's mm. deceased. But, mm. uh, you know, we hired a medium, episode 500, to contact him. So you can still get a hold of him every now and then. Trucker Paul, I think, is living in, like, I don't know, Magaland driving trucks. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess it's, you know, the great... The great polarizing schism that we find ourselves in these days, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. we can't we can't sit down and have Thanksgiving dinner with Trucker Paul, I guess, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, he still calls the show every yeah. now and then, though. He's a good guy. Yeah. Wondering how he's doing. And um, that other guy, he. Fuck, I can't remember his name. He died. But, OK, so, yeah, basically, if you listen to Bob Madigan. That's oh, who she's okay, talking okay, about. Okay. Yeah. Got it. This podcast, you will develop an addiction, possibly, probably die, <laughs> and um, and you'll probably call <laughs> the hotline seven years after the fact and just like, I don't know, reminisce. <laughs> you gonna call <laughs> the hotline seven years after you die <laughs> and reminisce? Okay, all right. Eh, we mm. get a lot of those like. Mm. Supernatural, like yeah, messages from Japanese, beyond the grave. Um, terror ghosts, yeah. you know, all sorts of things <laughs> it's from our TV. Yeah, it's coming out. So, anyways, yeah, but on the on the real, like I actually really like you guys a lot. That's about it. Great. Bye. Bye, right. Bye, Harrison. All right. Well, thank you, thank Valium. You, Valium. Yeah, mm. thanks, Valium. That's it's a, it's a, it makes me feel a lot better. Very mm-hmm. validating that call. Yes. Um, it's interesting how she says like her dating life has not gotten better from the from the first date with the guy who shit himself. It's still just as bad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she does need some therapy. But hey, if you ever do, if you ever want some dime store advice from uh, two experienced podcasters, feel free to reach out. Yes, indeed, you do. Because yeah. <laughs> we're here to help. Mm. So we do best. All right. Well, thank you, Valiums. Good to hear you. I'm glad you're back. You know, it, it is always it is always fascinating to me when you have these listeners who listened like so many years ago. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, refresh the podcast on their iTunes and they're right. like, oh, shit, these guys are still recording. And then Dear they listen God. now and they're like, oh, wow, there's like Wackerly left and D's just the same loser that he was like... 14 yeah. years ago, 12 yeah. years ago. Uh, but anyway, it is nice to hear back from people. Yeah. And especially you can get, puts in perspective how many years we've done the show, how the show has changed, possibly for the better. I like to hear from that. Thank you for the feedback. Uh, finally, uh, here's some, this call is all feedback, this last call. This guy has is airing his opinions on sick and wrong characters. I thought you meant for a second it was all like feedback, like the whole call. Not that kind of feedback. Okay. Yeah. It's a sample of my Noise album. Yeah. Hmm. It's a Noibotten record. I knew a guy in Providence, because for some reason Providence is a big noise city. He just did an album with a Geiger counter. That's that that was it? Yep. Man, that's weird. They love that shit, man. That's weird. They love did it. he like sample it or put like effects on it? Probably. I don't know. I, I didn't want to listen to it. I'm not going to yeah. listen to an album <laughs> Geiger <are you> crazy. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here list of names here uh first of all big papa smurf you are money 
I love Big Papa Smurf. I would love to hear more of him. He's money. Okay. Thanks, yeah, John Favreau. <laughs> the fuck? What happened to Big Papa Smurf? Uh, we haven't heard from him in quite some Remember, time. Remember, he had some like weird, like some satanic woman had babies in an apartment. And he was trying to get the babies back, and he something. Oh happened. yeah, and there was a, one of the babies was in a jar and it became evil, and he had to bury. Oh no, that was drugs. No, and then I, the I two guys he had to bury his drugs or something. Two guys wearing dark mm. suits came over and they mm. like blast him in his face and he forgot the whole yeah, thing and yeah. then they went back to their secret society. I forget the I don't, yeah. I don't know. I forget what happened with that. Send me forget me nots. <laughs> All right. Okay, Quigley, piece of shit. I hope you die. I hope you die a terrible death. I hope you feel the most pain anyone's ever felt in their entire life when you die. You die kidding? slow, you're, motherfucker. You're channeling Harrison yeah. right now. Yes, you are. Flitnigga, you are even lower than Quigley. Whoa. Somehow. Oof. Ooh. You. We didn't play this call, did we? Uh, okay. it's, it's kind of an older call, but mm. it's been sitting there for a while. Meant to play it, I forgot mm. about it. Are some poser fucking piece of I fucking hate you. I hate your voice. I hate your stories. I just fucking Ouch. Who's he talking about now? He's talking about Flint nigga. Flint oh yeah, okay. I hate everything about you. Nigga face, your money. You are lower than Big Papa Smurf, but your money. Alright, Trucker Paul <laughs> is 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 absolutely money he's he, he hasn't fucking talked in this goddamn podcast in forever but he's money dude from okay love you, love you. you what? got some great stories i've enjoyed every one of them michigan boy i don't know do you want me to replay nah, whatever yeah, it can probably, be right. it's like a, the like, phone stopped or yeah. something michigan oh what the fuck is your nickname uh, oh, we don't I've like the guy either. Like three or four of them, I can't name any yeah. of them because I don't like you. I don't care what your nickname is. Misshapen boy. Because you're a fucking faggot. Steel. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, sometimes I like your rants. I used to listen to your old podcast. You're still lame. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, what is this? Uh, Wackerly, you fucking suck because you quit. Harrison, you you have done a great job. Uh, 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 Putting yourself into this fucking show, you've 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 just done a great job. That's nice. Cutting out there. Martin, you're a piece of shit too. Fucking Martin, you you just you're oh, awful. Mike, Martin. you're fucking awful. Uh, yeah, and that that's uh, that's my list. Fucking written. I think it. I think it cuts out mm -hmm. there. Goodbye. Oh well, maybe that's why I didn't play it. Um, yeah, maybe you should stand in the area that gets better reception next time you call us. Uh, do, don't we have any other new characters besides that? We do. What about I mean, the Suicide Show Bob? I like that guy. Suicide Show Bob, you know, Schlitzy. Schlitzy, uh, Schlitzy. You know, I'm surprised. No, Schlitzy seems to be a very... Jizzy um, Jake-less. Yeah, divisive character. Forget. Yeah, Jizzy, Jizzy Jake, one of the bigger characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot of new guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Marshall Island Tony. Marshall Island Tony. Yeah. Who, uh, a I, I polarizing figure. At best. Yeah, I would consider you to be lumped in with the characters because you're a host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that is nice to get some kind yeah, words. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I wish we had some more like, I guess, serial moms kind of a, a character. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. We don't have too many female characters like we we used to have a few more. Mm. I called in a lot more, but but yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of characters. A lot of characters have evolved over time. But um, I do appreciate that there, um, Mr. Anonymous guy calling in and weighing in on Pearl. all the people. Oh Pearl. yeah, Pearl. Man, she's she's one. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. They, I mean, he definitely got some of the bigger guys. Mm. Uh, we haven't heard from a lot of these people in a long time, though. Mm. Come on, Papa Smurf, give us a call. Yeah. We'll see what's going on guys? with you. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with Flint Dinga and Nigga Face. Mm. I want to hear all from these guys. Whatever happened to him? Is he back in prison? I don't know. I haven't been able to. I don't talk to him anymore. Mm. No. no. He, like because it'll be like every now and then he'll just disappear for six months. Yeah. Usually because of prison or because yeah, jail. He's probably or jail, in jail. Rather. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway. Yeah. Well, call signal yeah. on hotline three two three five two two four zero three two. Best way to support the show is. By far, even more than Adam and Eve, is by becoming a Sick and Wrong patron. Let's go to patreon.com slash sickandwrong. Uh, we post one new news story, one extra news story, and several extra phone calls. We've got a couple good ones uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, some guy called in uh, about like the history of his shit stories. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was that, was a, that was a weird one. That was one. real weird, yeah. It was real weird. But anyway, we post all that to Patreon. We also post He's outtakes. like jumping around in time like J.J. Yeah. J. Abrams. Yeah, it was like thing. an episode of Doctor Who but yeah. involving feces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash sickandwrong and mm-hmm. just sign up today and you get access to like hours of content. Oh, yes. Uh, finally here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week is more of a dedication. Apparently, Nathaniel Taylor, Nathaniel Taylor died today at the age of 80. He played uh, the phenomenal character Rollo mm-hmm. on Sanford's Son. Rollo was one of my favorite characters on that show. Okay. Rollo was Lamont's friend. Yeah. Who would take him out to like cool 70s parties. Mm. He always had the best threads. He always yeah. had like awesome leisure suits, a great afro. And 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 an important um sitcom archetype, you know? Yeah, he was yeah. he was yeah. integral to the show. Yeah. I remember even at the time when I was a kid, I didn't really know anything. I mean, I was like, man, I don't know, like Weren't you watching that show when you were like seven or eight? Because uh, yeah. it was in reruns. Yeah, yeah reruns. I thought he was so yeah. cool. Yeah. I remember telling my mom, I was like, I want to I wanna look like him. And she was like, well, you can't because he's a black man. Mm. And I was like, I could still dress like him. Mm. I mean, I was just, I, I thought Rollo was, to me, he was an inspiration. Well, it's a I good thought, thing you didn't end up dressing like a pimp because now you'd, <laughs> you'd be problematic in today's environment. I suppose, but I did invest in a lot of leisure suits in high school and college. Mm. But anyway, Nathaniel Taylor is known as sharp-dressed, smooth-talking ladies' man, Rollo Lawson. I didn't even know his last name. On Sanford Sunday, he died of a heart attack at the age of 80. Damn, um, dude. He had lived in uh, Los Angeles the entire time. How the fuck? 80? 80 years old, yeah. <sighs> what? Yeah. That's crazy. How old was uh, Red Fox when he died? Pretty old. Is Lamont still alive? I think Lamont's dead, too. Is he? I think so. Jesus. Uh, Taylor's character, Rollo, was a sidekick to Lamont Sanford, played by actor Demond Wilson. And he often drew the skepticism of TB patriarch Fred Sanford, who thought Mm. Rollo was a bad influence on Lamont because he'd spent time Mm. in jail. The fast-talking... Much like, uh, you know... um Jazz, DJ Jazzy Jeff on fucking Fresh, on, uh, Prince. Fresh Prince. Yeah, yeah same deal, true. same dynamic. That is that is a, a classic sitcom archetype. Another trope, yeah. The it's good time, happy, trope. cool friend that the, doesn't get along That's with the dad. That's a bad influence of the dad you know? or the mom. Yeah. Same thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Rollo was, yeah, Fred Sanford thought Rollo was a bad influence on Lamont because he'd spend time in jail. The fast talking but good hearted Rollo dressed in colorful suits and hats and called Fred, mm. uh, played by Red Fox, Pops. Remember, he called him Pops. Oh, yeah. Uh, Taylor went on to act in other shows and movies, later opening a performing arts studio for young actors. Uh, but his son said that he never tired of people recognizing him as Rollo. Hmm. I mean, if I, I don't know, like I saw his picture and I was looking at him like, I probably, hmm. he just looks like an old dude. But hmm. back in the day, if I saw him, yeah, I would have, I would have lost my shit. I would have yeah, <laughs> yeah. wanted a photo for sure. Yeah. I mean, fucking Rollo. He was, he was someone who inspired me. So rest in peace there, Rollo. And in, hmm. and in dedication to him, we're going to end the show with a Red Fox blues song called mm. It's Fun to Be Living in the Crazy House. Uh, Red Fox, before he went into comedy, was a mm. blues musician. Mm. And uh, he did this song called It's Fun to Be Living in the Crazy House mm. in 1957. You know, I, I like how earnest this, um, this commemoration is. And I, I can, because it was like somebody else died, and we we're gonna do that, and then you're like, well, Rollo died. So we have, so oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. basically, what's gonna, what's gonna happen is like, Queen Elizabeth is gonna die, but then like the day after, like rerun from what's yeah, happening. Yeah, from what's we'll happening, die, and dies, like, and I'll be like, "Well, this is a horrible day for us all." <laughs> that supersedes it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, to me, it's important that Rollo has died and that he should be commemorated. So we're gonna dedicate Red Foxes. It's fun to be mm. living in the crazy house to you, Rollo. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. People will be back next week with episode six seventy seven. Till then, thanks, Susie. Napoleon at Waterloo I think I'll cut some paper dolls for you I'm a big tomcat chasing Mickey Mouse It's fun to be living in the crazy house Fun, fun, fun Yes it is now Fun, fun, fun I'm a telling you Fun, fun, fun Better believe me Fun to be living in the crazy house Come on Chase me, I'm a butterfly. Where is the champ? I'll punch him in the eye. There's a horse on my neck. Oh no, it's a louse. It's fun to be living in the crazy house. Fun, 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 yes. Fun, fun, fun. I ain't driving you. Fun, 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 yes now. Fun to be living in the crazy house. I'm gonna swim on down to Chinatown and lock myself in jail. I'm gonna stick my nose up in the sky and rip my pants on a rusty nail. I see a monkey sauerkraut. There's Julius Caesar with his shirt tail out. I'm the king of science without a single doubt. It's fun to be living in the crazy house. a big fat hound on my hands and bended knees I'm gonna chase a flea up a tree make
make noise like a rat eating Limburger cheese. Woo! I see a monkey eating sauerkraut. There's Julius Caesar with the shirt tail out. I'm the king of Siam without a single doubt. It's fun to be living in the crazy. You can have a ball in the crazy house. Uh, this is an therapist. You don't have to be nice to me. I was just playing a character and I couldn't go any further. I had to go further than slamming a door and loading shotguns. That's all. I did say some crazy shit to you, too. But I'm still not calling. 